Good morning, contrarians. It is Friday, October 7th, non-farm payrolls day. That is out at 8.30. I'll talk about that in a couple minutes. But we had stocks finish lower yesterday, and they dropped into the close. Dow Industrials saw the worst of it, declining by 1.2%. The S&P 500 was down 1%. And then after the close, we got some bad news from AMD, which pre-announced earnings that fell well short of estimates. And that stock is down about 6% overnight. It has dragged down the NASDAQ, which is now down half of 1%, NASDAQ futures, that is. And that that is the only major index that is really moving here. Um, All other asset classes are basically not worth commenting on. Uh, WTI crude oil is up 1%, but that's it. Everything else pretty much close to the break-even point. I have the numbers in the show notes if you care. But today is all about non-farm payrolls. These are out at 8.30. And economists expect a 250,000 number, so 250,000 non-farm payroll jobs. And that would be down pretty significantly from the 315,000 seen last month. And that it would keep the unemployment rate at 3.7%. Average hourly workings are expected to come in roughly unchanged, uh, 5.1% compared to 5.2% last month. So this 250K figure that they're looking at, this would be the lowest of the year. You have to go back to November and December to see slower job growth in non-farm payrolls. And that would be a pretty clear sign that the labor market is finally starting to cool. We had the, the jolts report on, on Tuesday, and that kind of showed this happening, although initial jobless claims are still low as well. So there doesn't seem to be all that much going on in terms of layoffs, but the job growth appears to be slowing. That's at least based on the jolts report. We'll see if the NFPs today confirm that. It is worth pointing out that this report today does often deviate quite widely from forecasts. It sometimes misses by several hundred thousand. And in, in fact, they can be anticipating a, a, an increase and it could be a de- decrease. So it could be all across the board. There are some outliers on this. And you'd figure this might make investors a little skeptical, but for whatever reason, this report seems to hold their attention more than just about anything else other than inflation. So that's where we are. Now, it's worth pointing out that this is just one report, like I said. The market reaction, however, is likely to be violent for the reasons I just discussed. They, they pay close attention to this. They always have. The formula is the same. Investors will be rooting for a soft number, which would show a slowing labor market, simply because this would bring hope for a quicker Fed pivot. All right, away from higher interest rates and towards flooding the market with liquidity again, or at least neutral rates. And if this report, on the other hand, shows a lot of job creation north, well north of 250,000, that being the figure that they're looking for, then potentially the markets could freak out. So that's where we are set up going into this thing at 830. The bottom line. So it stands to reason that there is the potential for more downside ahead here in markets. 
simply because the Fed has said it is their mission to kill inflation, even if it breaks the economy. They've come out and said this. Yet yeah, one of these guys in his speech yesterday say that. I forget who it was. doesn't matter. They're all sticking to the script. Now, we aren't there yet. Things have not yet broken. Here in the U.S., things look okay for the most part. Yeah, prices for goods and services are higher. Oil, gas prices, of course, food and such. But consumers have been able to afford it so far. It hasn't broken the consumers yet. Maybe it's starting to. But we haven't really seen anything yet. And the, the gamble here by the market is that they are calculating that the, the, when there is a real pain point for the economy, when the Fed does finally break something, the, the Fed will freak out and see that as reason enough to pivot away from interest rate hikes and then flood the market with liquidity again. And who knows, they may even be right. It is the, this is the, the basically what happens historically, at least. But, but the pain point, wherever it ends up happening is likely to cause a, a lot of damage. And we're talking about a blast radius with second and third order effects. That is also what ends up happening when you have when you have moves of this magnitude in interest rates. And this could be in areas that none of us really anticipate. Like, hello, UK pensions. Like, who could have anticipated that? And that's all because of the, the Bank of England, which is moving in, in, in response to the Fed. So the point is that unwinds of this magnitude are very rarely painless. You often have a lot of damage that's created from this, from this type of unwind. It's not quite as massive as what we saw in 07, 08, but still there's a lot of leverage out there in the system. It's found its way into these things like cryptos and NFTs. If that's a sign of not the sign of a bubble, I don't know what is. And they're still alive and kicking these guys, maybe not the NFTs, but the cryptos are. So and remember also that it often takes, not often, it generally, it, it takes about, it can take as long as a year for Fed interest rate hikes to work their way through the economy. And this tightening cycle started in March, so that puts us seven months in, and potentially maybe even a couple months away still from when things start to break. And that, one would think, would make for a guarded market. One would think. Of course, there is a chance that investors throw caution to the wind here the last couple months of the year and bid up assets. Could happen, Santa Claus rally and all that, who knows. But with all the uncertainty still out there, it's kind of hard to make the case from taking risks. At least that's what one would think, remembering that markets hate uncertainty more than they hate bad news. Of course, that's a famous last words for me. And now watch the market rally, right? I mean, you know, I, I don't know anything. Nobody does. I mean, people know stuff, but that nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. Nobody knows exactly how it's going to play out. We just have history as a guide. And we just have like the physics of markets, like the logistics here of what happens when you withdraw all this liquidity from the system and ratchet up interest rates. It just makes sense that, like I said, things are going to break and it's going to be ugly before it gets better. But hey, that's just one person's opinion. Yet another reason to do your own research and make your own decisions. With that, I leave you this Friday, but not before, wishing you a healthy and happy weekend and reminding you that you can and should uh, let me know your thoughts on this production or on the regular weekly podcast. I'll have another one of those ready 
for you to go on Monday. Um, pretty exciting stuff here happened in, in cannabis land. If you've been paying attention yesterday, the the Biden administration's announcement that they will move. Well, they, I forget exactly how they word it, but they're going to, for now, forgive a lot of these uh, sentences that were for, for, for marijuana. And um, that this is, of course, exactly what our guest this week predicted. He did say it would take time. He wasn't, he didn't say it would be this week. Um, and he, there's no way he could have, of course. These things are impossible to predict. But just goes to show you should listen to the podcast. If you had, and if you had bought marijuana stocks on Monday, then you would be quite rich now. But th- these things rarely work out this way. This is this was a, a lucky thing. Just goes to show, like I said, that you should be listening to the podcast and making your own decisions. So with that, I leave you. Thanks again for listening. Look forward to speaking to you on Monday. Bye.